Hi guys, my name's Reagan. Welcome to Main Street Chic, my blog turn podcast turn YouTube channel, I guess. So let's get into the backstory of my blog and what Main Street Chic is. So Main Street Chic was my lifestyle blog, and I say like life and style blog, um, that I started my freshman year of high school, or not high school, my freshman year of college. And I kept going until pretty much my senior year of college. It was a really fun outlet for me. I got to work with a lot of cool brands, got to work with Smashbox, um, PDQ. I worked with them a couple of times, which is a restaurant. So that's always fun getting to like uh, have free food. <laughs> um, worked with PDQ. Let's see, who else did I work with? Uh, a handbag company. I kind of forget what they call, were called. It was in the beginning. So that was my blog took I forced my now fiance Austin to take pictures of me like every weekend I would pick out my outfits we would load up the car and go take pictures all around our city so I could post on my blog and I had a few months uh, maybe like a full year where I would consistently post on my blog a couple times a week and to my amazement it actually really started growing oh my dog just hit the tripod <laughs> That's why you saw that. If you're listening to the podcast, you won't understand. Um, but it started growing, to my surprise. And really, as it started growing and picking up a lot of people, a lot of readers, is when I fell out of love with blogging. There are a couple of reasons that I know, and then some that I just don't know. Like, I, I don't want to say I regret it, but I do think back, and I'm like, what if I kept the blogging? Like, why did I quit blogging once I started gaining traction and everything like that. Like I go back and look at my blog post numbers. And I'm like, this is crazy. I was getting every post was getting more and more views, but I just started falling out of love with it even more. And I think one of the big things with that is Instagram became such a big part of blogging. And Instagram is hard. I do Instagram for my full-time job. I did it for blogging, like I said, for many of years. And it's really hard to grow on Instagram. It's really hard to keep your numbers up on Instagram. And it just wasn't something, I don't, it turned into something that I just didn't love anymore that you had to, like, I sound lazy, you had to work so hard at it. But it was hard because you had these people who did blogging for a full-time job, and they could just throw money at it. And in my opinion, that's how it be Instagram and blogging became what it was, is you have these people who do giveaway after giveaway, and they're full-time bloggers, but like I'm like how, all you do is do giveaways and like you show your products you do giveaways and I get it that's how you make your money but that's just not what blogging was for me I fell in love with blogging in high school when people actually wrote on their blogs and not just hey here's my outfits here's some links to it when there was a story to blogging so that's kind of why I fell out of love with blogging however that my want to have to create content and to be present on social media kind of never went away. Um, once I quit blogging, I always went back to it, created, I even posted as recently as like August, October, 2019. Um, so not that long ago, but I definitely never didn't promote those posts. Like I used to I have a Facebook page that I don't even use anymore. Um, but like I said, the love for social media and everything like that never went away. And podcast is like the new thing. I love podcasts and I always thought it would be so fun to have one, which is why I'm wearing this lovely mic that you can see if you're watching the YouTube video. So 
when I got engaged, I really wanted to document the planning process and everything like that, which is what led me to wanting to start this podcast and YouTube channel. So that's why we're here today. I actually, fun fact, recorded a podcast in back in December, I'm pretty sure. And I said, um, so many times in it that I was like, we cannot post this. This is so embarrassing. So that's why we are now in April. It is coronavirus season. It is crazy times out here. I'm bored out of my mind. I can't look at another screen for another second. So I thought about writing a blog post like, oh, this would be great to write a blog post. I'm like, I can't edit. I can't look at a screen like that. I can't read my words. So I set up a little studio in my living room, have lights, camera, everything like that to start this podcast. So like I said, I'm going to be talking about a lot of different things, I think. Um, I know I'm definitely going to want to talk about my wedding, which is going to be the first episode right after this. So I'm going to start talking about my wedding, probably do like Wedding Wednesday. I'm hoping that maybe I can get Austin to do a podcast with me. I think it could be really fun. I want to recap Tiger King because <laughs> I haven't seen like anyone recap it. So I think that could be something really fun for us to do. And what else? Oh, yeah. Um, I know we have so much coronavirus contact, content right now, but I th also thought it would be interesting. Austin is a part of that high-risk group, and I thought it would be really interesting getting uh, the per our perspective. Um, my perspective is different. His perspective is different, him being high-risk. So I thought it would be really interesting to show that to everyone. So I guess we'll see where we're going to go. And like I said, I wanted my first podcast uh, YouTube episode to be about my wedding. So I guess we'll give you some backstory into that. We got engaged in October, uh, so six months ago. And yeah, I've been planning ever since, having a lot of fun. I really wish I would have started document, documenting, oh my goodness, I can't speak, documenting the wedding process sooner. But honestly, there, like everything with planning is just like over a computer. So there's not that much to document. So that's why I thought it would be fun to kind of look back, talk about it, um, I'll talk about some of the venues I visited. So brides who are in the Jacksonville area can really benefit from uh, listening to it. And yeah, I'll talk about the venues I visited, uh, what I did online, how I stay organized, everything like that. I kind of fell in love with wedding planning. Everyone talks about how treacherous it is, but I actually think it's really fun. I mean, right now it's treacherous. We're supposed to get married next month. So I really don't even want to talk about my wedding, but here we are talking about my wedding. <laughs> so let's get into it. I was going to do a separate episode with the introduction, but it was really short, so I don't think I'm going to do an introduction or an introduction episode. I think I'm just going to keep it all one episode. So we can get right into it. I have my phone with notes, even though I know I said I don't want to look at a screen. So I think I'll have like a different theme for every wedding episode. This theme is going to be first things first. And along with each theme, I'll give you guys three tips that I found useful. 
maybe they'll revolve around the theme. Maybe they're just like three tips that I really liked that I think you would find useful. So I have my notes and we're ready to get started into first things first when it came to wedding planning. Let's actually, let's give a backstory, okay? Austin and I have been dating for five years next month. So about four and a half years when we got engaged. Um, we got engaged in New York City. I'm really happy about that. I was kind of begging for that. Um, I knew we were going to get engaged sometime soon and we had that trip plan and I just dropped hints, hints here and there. Not really hints, just blatantly saying it would be really cool if we got engaged in New York. Um, so I'm really glad he took that idea from me. We got engaged in Central Park. It was the best weekend. Uh, he he proposed the day before my birthday, literally the next day. <laughs> it was like an hour. We got engaged on a Saturday when we woke up on the Sunday. It was like an hour, and I had to remind myself. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's my birthday. Because like, all I could think about was how we were engaged. So we've been engaged now for six months. Um, our wedding is supposed to be next month, but we'll see. That'll probably be a different episode. So we're just uh, riding the wave right now, playing it by ear. We'll see how things go. Anyway, so yeah, we've been engaged for six months, basically pretty much done with wedding planning. So here we go. Here are the first things I did. So the first thing that we did was obviously pick a date, pick a time frame. We knew we wanted a summer wedding because we have family that we need, want here that's really important to us, and they obviously have kids in school, so summer just works best for everyone, and May, we started dating in May, so, and I actually, I thought I picked the weekend that we started dating, but I didn't. I picked the weekend before, which is fine, no big deal, because it's Memorial Day weekend. I really wanted that uh, three-day weekend because I tell I told Austin, I tell everyone, I wanted our wedding to be, first of all, I wanted our wedding to be a weekend, but I wanted our wedding to be an experience, which sounds um, kind of crazy when I say that out loud, like, wow, this girl really just said she wants her wedding to be an experience. But I did, I really wanted our wedding to be a weekend, a fun experience with our family, because um. I mean, we see our, like, our immediately immediate family who lives around here, we obviously see them um, a, a, throughout the year, but some of our family we never get to see, so I knew we could, this would be an opportunity to have a long, family-filled weekend, so I picked a three-day weekend because it was really important for me um, to have that experience in that week, that, like, family time, and it makes your wedding last longer, so more fun. So we picked the date. Luckily, we'll get into it, but our venue had that date open. Obviously, you can't always pick a date. Maybe just pick a time of year, a month, something like that, because your venue, especially if you're really set on a venue, could potentially pick that date for you, depending on what they have open. So after we picked our date, the next thing I did, <laughs> I actually did this before we got engaged. Not as hardcore, but I did, um, was look for venues. So I spent so much time looking at venues, and that was probably the hardest part of wedding planning. There were tears shed, spreadsheets made, looking on my computer all hours of the day at wedding venues. We looked at a handful of them. We looked at probably 
every wedding venue online in Northeast Florida. If you hear that, that is Cessna, my dog, to find a wedding venue. It was really stressful. So let's talk about our top three. So I wanted a to, we live in Jacksonville and I wanted to have a wedding in St. Augustine because we, as a family, we used to vacation St. Augustine every year. Um, it's right, like we live in Jacksonville, but we live far from Jack's Beach. So if you're in St. Augustine, you're right by the beach, right by a lot of fun restaurants, everything like that. People visiting will have a lot more to do in St. Augustine. So I, that was really important to me. So I think our top, yeah, all our top three venues were all in St. Augustine, even though I did find one, one really pretty one in downtown Jacksonville. I can't remember the name of it, but it was some old church and like literally downtown Jacksonville. You've seen it if you've been to any Suns game, Jaguars game, anything like that. But let's go over our top three. So we looked at the White Room in St. Augustine. The White Room in St. Augustine was beautiful. They have three or four different spaces within their venue where you can have your ceremony and reception. So pretty, such pretty views. And everything is included in this venue. Um, not decorations, but like your food, bar, everything is included. And honestly, the it was out of our budget, but we also aren't having a big wedding. We would have had to spend, I think, it was like $150 to $200 per person because we had so many, we didn't have enough guests to basically fit what they needed. So literally everyone would have gone home with a bottle of champagne. So if you're having a big wedding, this venue might work for you because once you get to a certain point, they waive the cost of the room rental. So obviously like that sounds good. You really are paying for the room with your food and at your bar, everything like that, but they do waive that for you. And if you have a big enough guest list, it is probably worth looking at. Um, it was probably, I would say, double what we ended up spending. But that's only because the minimums were, we didn't reach the minimum with the number of people. And we have like, we have about 75 people who we invited to the wedding. We still didn't reach that minimum just because it depends on the time of year, everything like that. So if you have, if you're having a bigger wedding, so I would say if you, if your guest list is at least a hundred, this would probably be a venue uh, worth looking at. Or if budget isn't a problem, definitely look at it too. It's a really pretty venue. There were so, um, the Villa Blanca was my favorite. Oh, it was so gorgeous. I wish I could have my wedding there. I love my venue, but it was so pretty. The next one that we looked at in St. Augustine was the parlor room. This venue was really affordable, really pretty, a little, a little odd in the way it would have been set up, but... I definitely, I, I looked at this venue and when we left, I really thought this was it because it was, like I said, really pretty, a blank canvas. You could have gone like modern with it. You could have gone boho with it. So it had a big, beautiful bar. The only weird, weird, I say with quotation marks thing about it is they had these really pretty big wooden tables and they're really heavy and they can't move them. So your ceremony 
and your reception would be in the same place because it is just one big room and the, your guests would have been sitting at the tables they would sit at to eat. So that was kind of weird to me that they were going to sit at tables um, while we walked down the aisle, but I was really prepared to get over that. I really loved this venue. It was really pretty. Like I said, in our budget, it had an outdoor area too. We wanted to do a cigar bar, so it had an outdoor area we, where we could do that. And like I said, a really, really pretty bar. Um, so I left. We actually looked at all the three venues that I'm talking about in one day. So we went from the white room to the parlor room. And we looked at the parlor room and we left. And I called my mom and told her that I loved it. I think this is it. It's in our price range, everything like that. And our next venue that we were looking at, I didn't even want to go look at because I love the parlor room so much. But I already had my appointment and everything, so we went anyways. And our third and final venue that we looked at, we actually, I think we, no, we looked at more than three. Okay, so yeah, our third and final that we looked at in St. Augustine, I'll say, was the Palencia Club. And we fell in love with the Palencia Club. Um, it is a golf club in St. Augustine, Florida. It is beautiful. The outside, the inside, we have three different locations, which I love. Once again, an experience. So you're, the ceremony is outside. The cocktail hour is outside on a patio that has string lights. So pretty. It also has an inside option because we know it's going to be hot in May. And then we go to our reception room for the reception. So three different areas. Love that about it. Both so stunning, so beautiful. And it was... At the top end of our price range, but that was with everything included. Obviously, besides like cake decorations, but food, bar, everything included. Everything was on site. They have a chef. They have bartenders. They have a wait staff. So it really intrigued me. I was like, wow, this is going to be one and done, which some people like that when wedding planning. Some people recommend that. Some people don't. But it's really just up to you. Um, let me say with what we're going through now, I am beyond grateful that I have a venue that takes care of the two main important important things which are um having a venue and having food to food and drink for your guests so those two things if we have to move anything they're taken care of because we have the same people doing it so it was the, the top end of our price range but we loved it so much and we actually ended up going with the palencia club we and it even included the day of coordinator which is a big deal like you don't I didn't realize that if you don't hire a day of coordinator, like you're basically running your own wedding, which sounds like a disaster in my mind. If you were not running it, someone in your family's running it. And you just really want someone there who's going to run the wedding for you to make sure everything goes smoothly. So it was an added bonus that she was going to be in it. Um, my parents are thankfully helping us pay for the wedding. It took a lot of convincing. I think I mentioned earlier a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of spreadsheets to convince my dad, <laughs> really, but I did it. The job is done. We're getting married at the Plenty Club. I'm so excited. It is so gorgeous. So first thing we did was look for a venue. And then the second thing that we um, kind of dipped our toe into, but thankfully didn't have to go too far into was finding a caterer. So you're going to want to find, once you find your venue, you're going to want to find your caterer. Some venues you'll we'll have the caterer included like ours which is we were so lucky to find that especially in our price range 
Um, so some will be included. Some will give you a list and say that we only work with these caterers. You have to hire from the list. And some you can work with any caterer that you want. So once you know what you're kind of working with, you're going to want to get quotes. Like I said, some of the, um, or one of the venues that we looked at didn't include catering. So I did get a few quotes from catering people. And you'll want to ask if they include bar service, if they include alcohol, if they let you buy your own alcohol, which um, I don't know if, if you're contemplating buying your own alcohol, go on YouTube and look up Jamie Wolfer. I think she has a video about stocking your own bar. I wouldn't be really help, helpful with that, um, but that will definitely help you decide if you want to stock your own bar or not. So, um, yeah, talk with caterers, get quotes, see what's included, see what's in your buzz, budget, see if they include linens, things like that. Uh, if they include wait staff or if you have to pay more for that, what kind of, if they include china or if you want to do like plastic wear, whatever you want to do, just make sure they have what you want for your wedding. And also, don't be afraid to look outside of the box when it comes to catering. I looked at, or I thought we, like, sometimes I thought, oh, we could do, you could do pizza for a wedding. We probably wouldn't have done that just because pizza is an Austin's favorite food. But you could do pizza. A lot of people do barbecue. Um, what else could you do that? Oh, yeah, catering from your favorite restaurant. I know some people do, like, Olive Garden catering or Maggiano's catering. So it definitely definitely doesn't have to be a catering service. Just keep in mind if you do cater from a restaurant or some something like that. Some of them do have wedding packages, but some of them don't. So you'll just be getting your food from that restaurant and you'll have to get like uh, plates, napkins, mm, tablecloths from somewhere else. So just keep that in mind and definitely look outside of the box if if you're getting quotes back from catering and you feel like you can't afford that, definitely I would recommend look at restaurants. We had a lot of local restaurants that I found out did wedding catering as well as chain restaurants. So once you find your caterer, our my third thing is going to be find your photographer. So I think you could move this to number one if it's important enough to you. So if you have a photographer who you want to work with, you love their style, definitely reach out to them and see what dates they have and then find a venue you like and find dates that match together. Photography is important for me, but it wasn't like my number one thing. Honestly, for me, my number one thing was venue. So I found my venue and then I found a photographer who I loved who would work with that date. Thankfully, it worked out. But you can definitely change that around. If you really want a photographer, definitely find them first and find what dates they have available. Um, look at the styles you like. There are so many different styles that I didn't even know. There's like contemporary um I want to say Vogue, but I feel like I'm making that up. I don't know. There's like the bright photos, the like sultry photos, all so pretty. We ended up going with like the classic bright look. Um, our photographer is like a natural light photographer, I think, um, but super pretty. I did reach out to one photographer that does the like editorial 
photos as well because it was really pretty, but I just decided to go with classic. So there's a lot of styles when it comes to wedding photographers. So definitely look at styles, decide what you like, decide which photo you like as well. So like I said at the beginning, at least I think I said, I hope I said, um, I'm going to do three tips with every episode. So it may be around the theme of the episode. It may just be three random tips that I have. So here are my first three tips for you guys. Um, number one is going to be pick three non-negotiables. So I learned this tip when we uh, from like a realtor, I think when you like go to look at houses, pick three things that you are on your list that you have to have or three things you don't want to have. So definitely do that when it comes to planning your wedding, especially when you're on a budget. So I tried to write down three things that were important to us, but I really only came with two. And that was, um, bar. We definitely wanted a bar, um, at our wedding and location. So I talked about that in the beginning. I really wanted our a good venue and I really wanted to, it wanted our wedding to be in St. Augustine. So those were our two and I'm sure we had another I just can't think but non-negotiable things. And I did look at venues in Jacksonville and in other places, but I just kept going back to St. Augustine and I knew that's what I wanted. So that's when I decided, no, you really want that, so stick with it. So it can be anything. I know for some people, like flowers are really important for me and obviously Austin. Uh, flowers are not really that important. So we're going to choose to spend our money on a better bar than we would on all these fresh, fresh flowers around our wedding. My second tip is to write down everything. When you go on venue tours, write down everything. Um, I'm sure it's part nerves and part, I was just like, I fell in love with our venue that I probably wasn't even listening to Sarah, who is our, who is our wedding coordinator for the venue. That after we looked, I emailed her so many questions before we booked with her. I was like, wow, I'm sure she answered this. I know she did, but I didn't write anything down. So definitely once when before you go to a venue, write down questions you have, things that you're thinking about. And while you're there, write down everything they say, jot things down so you don't forget. And so once you go to make your decision, you have everything there. So if you forgot something, you can answer your own question. And my third tip is to start with a guest list. So I know I started with my first thing first, the venue, caterers, and photographers, but definitely start thinking of a guest list before you do anything. And this is because a venue and maybe even a photographer, a caterer, and venue can all depend on your guest list. Sometimes a venue has different rooms, like the white room has different rooms that has different capacities. So if you had 100 people, for example, you can use the venue or the room that I love, which was the Villa Blanca because it was for smaller weddings. Um, maybe you'll have to pay for extra space. Maybe you'll have to have another bathroom open because the one bathroom they have doesn't fit the number of guests you have. And then caterers, obviously, you need to know the number of people. And photographers, maybe your photographer will recommend a second shooter um, for the amount of people you have on your guest list and your rider party, everything like that. So definitely start with the guest list and stick with that guest list as you go through. Um, I'm sure you'll learn throughout wedding planning that guest list is your biggest budget killer. So if you're on a budget, 
definitely keep that guest list down. I know it's really hard and you want to invite everyone to your wedding, everyone to see it, but just think about who is really important to you, really important to your relationship, who knows how to party. (laughs) Just kidding. But also not just kidding if that's important to you. Um, And be strict with your guest list. Maybe you have to cut plus ones. Uh, Luckily, we everyone who we invited is like in a really committed relationship for the most part. So we don't have to deal with the whole plus one thing. But if you have a lot of like of your college friends coming who have um, just don't give them a plus one if you're strict on your guest list, uh, especially if they have friends there, especially if you're family, they definitely don't need a plus one at your wedding and you got to do what you got to do to stay within your budget. So, I think that is all for our first, what I'm going to call, Wedding Wednesday episode. So once again, this is going to be Main Street Chic. So basically just an extension of my blog that I had. So who knows what we'll talk about. I am so bored in these coronavirus times, as sure as I'm sure so many other people are. And uh, I really am glad I did this. <laughs> I was sitting on the couch. I've been thinking about doing this for the last week or two. I have so much time on my hands. And it was a really good excuse to get dressed up. I even had on my heels <laughs> sitting here, put a dress on, did makeup, did my hair. I really feel much better now that I wasn't watching TV for all hours of the day. So who knows what we'll get into. Maybe I can convince Austin to do a post, like I said. So we'll see. If you have any suggestions on what you want to see, definitely let me know. I'm really open to talk about anything with you guys. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Definitely share it, especially if you have friends who are wedding planning. Like I said, this is really fun for me. So let's keep talking about wedding planning um, because I love it so much. I love to talk with you about it. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later.